you're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the TurfNet zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Radio, sponsored by Dryject, the most brilliant method of greens management ever invented. I know this because I was around when it was all pitchforks and peat moss. Two shovels of sand, one of peat, and your top dresser was you and that shovel. Remember, if you're not doing the Dryject, your competition probably is. Okay, it's December, and that's big for us, because it was in December of 2005 that we launched Rock Bottom Country Club on TurfNet, and now we're the longest-running webisode on the whole dang internet. Rock Bottom is at home on TurfNet, everybody's favorite, practical, sensible, super affordable source of golf industry communication, job listings, used equipment sales news, and deep philosophical genius from Peter McCormick, Kevin Ross, Joe Fern, Paul McCormick, and Frank Rossi. When we last left Rock Bottom Country Club, an Imperial Stormtrooper in full armor had entered the pro shop. Nobody move, I'm from the Empire. We are placing you under quarantine. It's quarantine. Quarantine. Are you the one that put up that sign on the highway? What sign is that? It says Rock Bottom Country Club under the quarantine by order of Darth Mona. You will remain under quarantine until you comply with the following order. Let me see that. What's it say? Uh, it says we're a bunch of peasants. It says you will comply with the following mandate. At least one of you has to become a certified Class A, go to the big show, and spend $10,000. Well, it ain't gonna be me. I go skiing on my time away from the course. Me either. College is just a test to see who can sit in the airless room all day and put up with bullshit. Hey, did you see this? We got to get our assistants, our crew, and, and buddy certified. Well, I never. Down here in the fine print, it says we dress horribly. Oh, we're supposed to dress in the manner of the great Gatsby Doughton Abbey superintendent? Yes. Darn, I just spent 50 bucks on a spandex roller disco costume. Yeah, listen up, Skippy. That suit, tie, and iPhone image is fine for the top 1%, but I'm comfortable with my khakis, boots, and a dog. Uncivilized barbarians. Uh, Mr. Imperial Stormtrooper, open your eyes to the real world and hearken ye to the words of George Orwell himself. Who said? Wait, what did he say? Orwell said, men can only be highly civilized while other men, inevitably less civilized, are there to guard and feed them. Orwell was a peasant too. Hey, y'all, I'm giving the 2021 Purse Swingin' Awards to Turf Truth. Oh, they ain't real. They're just an academic cartel in New Jersey hadn't had a cartoon. Oh, I think it's just one guy from the Auburn Cow University. Who is it? What's his name? It's, uh, Dr. Denhand. Looks like his first name is Tur. Whoever they are, they got an uppity altitude. Ludell, why are you wearing giant pants? You fixing this... No, these my maternity breeches, part of my holiday ensemble. Oh, that's the worst ever. Good golly, close the door, Booth. I can't breathe. Ludell, weren't you supposed to fill up the deodorizer? Well, I did. Put in a whole quart of stinking flush in there. Hey, look, Aunt Femi's back. They must be empty in the prison. Morning, Aunt Femi. Did they release you, or did you just escape again? 
That psychiatrist, he booted me out. How'd y'all get arrested in the first place? Uh, me and Lou Della was down to the feed store, and we picked up a hitchhiker. But he turned out to be one of them serial killers. We should have known better, him toting an axe and all. Y'all picked up a hitchhiker with an axe? Yeah, and we was taking him to the sheriff, but he jumped out of the truck bed and got run over by our horse trailer. You driving around with a trailer full of horse? horses, Cletus, horses. He almost got away, but Ludella did some fine driving. It's hard to back up a horse trailer that fast. He sure was a pretty fella. You developed some real skills from working on a golf course. Are you sure he was a serial killer? What if he was just a lumberjack on the way to work? Well, I wasn't sure until he said, I'm a fixin' to kill y'all. And that's when Ludella said... Am I going to have trouble with you? I knew he was fixing to get ass whooping. He tried to escape, but the tailgate on my truck don't work. Yes, I'm going to tea time for 11.30. Name is uh, Fouster. Fouster, is that your real name? Yes, Fowler. Dr. Fowler. You look like that doctor that works at the White House. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it says here you're on the secret blacklist. What a blacklist? That's unconstitutional. Well, shouldn't bother you. Next. Yes, I have 11.55 tea time. Name is Cuomo. Cuomo? No, no, no. Como. Como like in Perry. Perry Como. Okay, well, you're off in 10 minutes. You'll be playing with the seniors from the nursing home. No, no, no. Anything but that. Anything but that. Rock Bottom Country Club. Yeah, I'll check. Hey, Willie, it's Miss Hortense from the wine club again. She wants to know if they wine tasting party out here on Saturday night. Yeah, but that's the same night we have the moonshine tasting. Wine makes me irresistible to women. Especially when they drink a whole bottle. Uh, Miss Hortense Willie says, come on and bring in mushroom and cheese horse ovaries. It's pronounced hors d'oeuvres. Hey, Ludell, I still hadn't seen the Greensmower make the turn. That new kid you hired probably ain't gonna work out. Why? He didn't mow the actual greens. He just used an app and his virtual goggles. Said he cut the straightest lines you ever saw and killed 200 orcs at the same time. Did you tell him we meant to mow the actual greens? Yeah, he got offended and he quit. It's time for golf news for superintendents. The latest thing is adventure golf. It's real popular in the UK. And We've been playing that in Atlanta for years. What is adventure golf? Well, you play public courses and you wear body armor and you tow the Kevlar golf bag and you learn fire and maneuver and you automatically lose if you wimp out and call the popo. Okay, in other news, Mark Hoban played a course that will remain unnamed and this course has gone with the latest form of golf cart control, the blue line. The superintendent paints a blue line that tells the golfer where the carts cannot go. And when they cross that line, the cart goes dead. Except for a screen that says, You screwed up. Call the pro shop, moron. Then what happens? Well, they call the pro shop and they get a message that says, Your call is important to us. You are 88th in line to speak to the pro shop. Thank you for holding, you drunken oaf. Now it's time for our rock-bottom philosophy segment with... The Teachings teachings of Ladnar. Old Uncle Ladnar once told me, Don't ever retire and don't ever stop moving because somebody will try to pile dirt on you. (laughs) Uncle Ladnar also said, In a standoff, never square up. Always stand sideways so you don't get kicked in the jimmy. (laughs) Here's one from Steve Huffstutler, internationally famous golf operations philosopher. 
If you retire before 20 years, all you win from the Empire is the world's most expensive magazine subscription. <laughs> My grandfather, W.C., whenever I got into trouble, would say, Fly with the crows, get shot with the crows. Hmm, tough crowd. W.C. also liked to say, Boy, if they pay real good, they're going to take it out of your hide. Here's one from the most fearsomest man I ever met. He was a Special Forces operator and member of the U.S. Army Ranger Hall of Fame. And to top it off, he was one of those mystical lerps, you know, long-range patrol. I know it sends a shiver down my back, too. His name is Gary O'Neill, and he has Lakota heritage, which he used to help the deeply revered Colonel Nick Rowe set up the equally fearsome Sears School at Fort Bragg. Sears stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape. Working for Sears School in the early days was probably the peak of my entire career except for TurfNet. You know, the odd thing is my best buddy from high school, codenamed Oz, if you read The Greens of Wrath. Well, I had not heard from Oz in years, but he was running the Navy's Sears School same time I was working for Colonel Nick Rowe at Special Forces Sears School. That's some synchronicity right there. Anyway, one night while I was working on a classified training video with Sergeant O'Neill, it was dark, and he was going to show us how to stalk a sentry using Lakota techniques. And the best part was that the sentry in question didn't know he was being stalked or that he was part of a training film. And he was about to get his buttocks handed to him. You know, and he deserved it for not taking guard duty seriously. So I was sitting there watching this guard walk his post through my night vision camera, and I hear Sergeant O'Neill whisper at me in a low growl. He says, Kid, always run from a fight unless you're cornered or you have to protect your family. Now I thought... Gee, that sounds downright un-John Wayne. But I soon learned there are really good reasons for that philosophy. Later, I boiled those reasons down into the following wisdoms known as the, the teachings, teachings of Willie. First, when confronted with physical conflict, always remember, you only get issued one set of teeth. And no matter how skilled you are, some oaf is probably going to land a lucky punch and bingo, you look like a veteran hockey player. Willieism number two. When the police show up, Whoever is winning the fight at that moment, you know, doing the most butt-kicking, whoever is winning is automatically the bad guy to the police, and subsequently gets to ride in the back of the police car, usually handcuffed and upside down. Trust me on this one. So either don't be there when the police arrive, or flop down and put on a performance worthy of one of those pro soccer players. Since we're on Fort Bragg quotes, when I first got to Bragg, a master sergeant said, Son, there's thousands of hard asses on this base, so always be polite. You never know who you're dealing with. That one saved me several butt stompings. Now on to the serious wisdom from Louis Grizzard. Never eat at somebody's house if their dog is fat. Here's Ludell's favorite advice. Go ahead, Ludell. All right, listen up, y'all. Be careful dating them internet girls. Some of them are the biggest bunch of liars. Them photographs is pure disinformation. One time I went to pick up this tender girl that looked like a Kardashian in her photo, but when I rung the doorbell, I heard something really big running through the house, you know, like a gorilla had got loose. When she opened the door, it was a wildebeest. To tell you the truth, it almost caught me. First time in history my truck cranked right away, because, you know, it knew. Okay, thanks, Ludell. Um... I guess y'all are waiting around for story time, but before we go to story time, we have our newest segment. It's called Product Review. Today's product is the Heavy Blanket. We first heard about it on the TurfNet forum, but it's back in the news since the recent spate of rumors claiming that our president uses the Heavy Blanket. 
After researching it by using factcheckers.org, which, by the way, is owned by Fakebook, it turns out Joe doesn't actually use the heavy blanket voluntarily. Seems the White House staff, Susie Rice and Mr. Klain and the little hatchet-faced boy pretending to be old enough to be a national security advisor, well, they throw a heavy blanket over Joe's head and wrestle him down, and then they use one of those tie-down ratchets to keep the president from wandering off. So with that debunked, we have this to say about the heavy blanket. It feels like a big fat house cat has you pinned down, and I have to give it no stars because, in me, it triggered closet phobia. Our next product for review is the Purpa, or Personal Range Picker Armor. It's for those days when the Cushman ball picker is down and you have to pick the range by hand because it's a weekend. It's custom fabricated from chain-link fencing to look like chainmail armor from the medieval era. Comes with a galvanized steel bucket to protect your head. The eye holes are smaller than a golf ball, so it was well thought out. We got the idea from watching a King Arthur movie. We tested the helmet on Buddy, and he didn't die, although he got real aggravated. Now, the best part about the Purple is, whenever we deployed it, range revenue went up by about 300%, unless it was the golf pro's turn to wear it, and then it was like a 1,000%. It's story time. Today, it's bonus story time, as in more than one story. The new golfer complaint du jour sweeping across golf world involves golf scientist Byron de Chandelier and his research that indicates the flagstick is too thick and too hard. I'll pause here while you stop snickering. This isn't fake science like you get from that Brandy Chablis fella and his theory that ultra-dwarf Bermuda could survive in the Yukon. This is real, documented science that cannot be questioned. You know, like the glaciers in Greenland melting and exposing Viking settlements from around a thousand years ago. No, wait, that's not a good example. Never mind all that science stuff. This hard flagstick thing is, um, well, it's one of those unintended consequences that typically appears by surprise after some mandate is announced and nobody at the highest levels had the intestinal fortitude to consider all the possible outcomes of leaving the stick in the hole. See, the ball hitting the flagstick is unfair, especially if the stick isn't soft and it's so fat that it prevents the ball from going in the hole. My initial reaction was we should just go with wooden flagsticks like I used long ago, because, you know, they were soft and compliant. But they were also as fat as me after two hours at the Golden Corral, so that wouldn't fix things. I believe that if a typical golfer manages to hit the stick from out in the fairway, it'll probably never happen again. Unless you're like my brother Mike, who regularly hits flagsticks from 150 on in. But that only happened because Dad handed Mike a golf club less than an hour after he was born. Dad knew early on that I didn't have the mental gift for golf, so he chained me to a walking greens mower as soon as I could reach the handle. Mike was special, so he got to play golf while I mowed and raked and dug holes. And back to our story. A superintendent told me that hitting the flagstick from out in the fairway is not the problem. It's when a golfer puts the ball and it bounces off the stick. Now this is not caused by flagstick hardness, this is caused by the yips. The yips are hormone surges that cause the golfer to suddenly spasm yanking the putter hard left, or in terminal cases, to push the putt hard right. Yips are known to be caused by greens that are too fast and also ingesting too many modern meds. The yips are transmissible to other parts of your game, your chipping, your tee shots, and eventually they take over your life. Even how you drive your car is affected. Last time I was in Orlando, there were so many Buick drivers with the yips, I was afraid to go outside. Yips will damage your walk, the way you talk, and... Say, I wonder if the president... Nah. Anyway... If you don't seek treatment, the yips creep into the bedroom and then you have to quit golf forever. 
The only real cure for the yips is to drop the green speeds back to about six, but we know that genie's out of the bottle and unlikely to happen unless our economy keeps going the same direction. So here's the solution I recommend to my superintendent buddies with the hard flagstick problem. See, if a golfer's hitting the putt so hard that it bounces off the stick and ends up a greater distance than the original putt, said golfer should take up croquet, where the balls are bigger and made of wood. Unless your golfers are 85 years old, croquet won't work. Your only option will be to just go ahead and spend $800 on super skinny soft as butter flag sticks and wait for the next USGA unintended consequence to descend from on high. This new problem will never go away just like previous golfer maladies. I remember back when the holy grail of consistency began to cloud golfers' minds. It was in the 80s in a particular golfer at my brother's course. It was called White Oak. It was in Noonan, Georgia. This course had about 160 massive bunkers spread over 36 holes. And somehow this particular golfer hit a bad bunker shot. Crazy, right? Mike was close by when the golfer began spewing expletives, questioning Mike's parentage and his inability to provide consistent playing surfaces. According to this golfer, every single sand feature was different and impossible to play from. To listen to this guy, you would have thought the sand surfaces were hazardous. Mike calmly approached the golfer, gently took the man's sand wedge and studied it, before dropping a ball into the sand. Then Mike blasted the ball to within two feet and handed the golfer his wedge back, and said, Go see the pro about some lessons. Learn to play golf. The moral of that story is golfers are spoiled, even more spoiled now than back then, due to the cult of customer service, which is taught, preached, and force-fed by folks who never actually worked in direct contact with customers or had a real job, for that matter. Because of these cultists, we have to kneel at the feet of the customer, thus making us weak and the golfer even weaker. Yes, I know you have a mortgage and kids in private school and you just can't take the chance of standing up to these pampered oafs. And you're right. I my own self landed on the wrong side of management a few times. Once it led to my sudden dislocation on Christmas Day after. Here's what happened. I was resurrecting a poorly designed little golf course and I typically needed Monday mornings for projects and maintenance. One spring morning, on a Monday, I was attempting to pull cores and top dress the backside before we opened at noon. And all this was just one crew worker and my assistant. We had four on the crew, but only one crew worker showed up because the other three were protected by Cruella, the owner's wife. So there we were, you know the drill, busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest, when Cruella stormed out onto the course in a raging fury and demanded I open the backside. As politely as possible, I explained that we could open the back at noon, that this was prearranged and cleared with the boss. This triggered an outburst of high-quality military-grade Tourette's. I suppose who was boss was in question here. But anyway, I told her, we're neck deep in air fine. The sand hadn't been dragged in yet, and the flag sticks, and the cups are not in the greens. This caused more hollering and more threats. Cruella screamed, I'll have your job. <laughs> she didn't really sound like that, but you know, hey, it's a story. I thought she was bluffing about having my job because most folks, especially pro shop residents, have no idea what superintendents actually do. I ignored the threat, and I asked her how many golfers were waiting up there demanding to play. Just one, she cackled. He's our preacher. I sent Orville, my assistant, to find these special flag sticks I kept for just such an emergency. They were made out of wood and sharpened at the bottom like a javelin. They also had an orange and white checkered flag attached just to irritate the Georgia fans. I rammed the flag sticks in the first three greens on the back, driving them so deep into the putting surface that it would kill any of those giant tremors worms lurking about and 
Then I raced back to my job of dragging sand. Reverend, I think his name was Phil something, Phil, Philistine. Reverend Philistine failed to appreciate my little time saver because he wanted the ball to fall into a hole. So he marched back to the clubhouse to arrange for my death. Cruella suddenly appeared in a cloud of dark smoke, waving her wand at me. Okay, maybe it was a curling iron. But from that day forth, she did her best to make me disappear. I survived there until Christmas Day after, when her wicked spells and potions finally worked and the owner was turned into a cupcake. Unable to protect me, the cupcake dissolved and I was excommunicated. Or in Latin, R-U-N-N-O-F-T. In the end, it was my failure to recognize how important customer service had become. And also, when Cruella's mother visited, I should have cut my mouth shut when she said, Can you tell me how to get to 285? And I answered, Well, for starters, stay away from the Dunkin' Donuts. Rock Bottom Country Club. Hey, what's up? No, I'm not going to Zoom with you. I already told you, we don't have working from home at golf courses. Either show up and pick the range or go back to Portlandia, because... What? No, you can't pick the range remotely. You... Huh? He quit. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. 